Most people in the world seem to fall into one of two camps. The passive camp dedicated to keeping the peace and a more aggressive camp dedicated to destroying that peace. Today on Rooted Daily, we see how the Bible says there may be a time for both. Welcome to Rooted Daily, the podcast where in 10 minutes or less, each day we root you in the Bible so you can grow with God. I'm Brandon Levy, and the Bible is all about unity. It warns about disunity in the Old Testament. It shows all the pain and suffering that came when Israel was divided. Jesus makes one of his last prayers on earth all about unity during his prayer in the garden. The early church is talked about, frankly, in the New Testament as it struggled to find unity. I mean, the talk about unity is all over the place. And as it should be, Jesus prayed, I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message, that all of them may be one. That's talking about us, Father, just as you are in me and I am in you. May they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. I have given them the glory that you gave me that they may be one as we are one, I and them and you and me, so that they may be brought to complete unity. Then the world will know that you have sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. When Jesus prayed for the disciples and when he prayed for all those that followed them, that's us, that they would be united. That's what he prayed for in John chapter 17. And he tells us, he tells the Father that he wants us to remain together as one so that the world may believe that he had been sent by the Father. In other words, we can't go out and we can't share the, the good news of Jesus and not be united. We should be known for our unity. And that's pretty troubling when you think about it because you can look around and you can see that the religious world is about as divided as it could be. In my town, we have dozens of denominations all divided from one another. Even when we're willing to do away with those denominational names and those denominational doctrines, there are all sorts of things that divide God's one church. Personalities and preferences and opinions. If unity is the way that the world believes that the Father sent Jesus, we're in trouble. So what's the answer? There seems to be two camps of people, at least in practice. And it's not just in the church. Uh, they're everywhere. But these are, are the two extreme camps that are keeping us from the unity Christ prayed for. On one extreme, we have a passive camp. In the church world, we call them ecumenical. The passive camp's key is, to unity is to try to let anything and everything fly. We have no restrictions on unity, or at least very little. In the church, this might look like accepting fellowship with anyone who says they follow God very loosely. And there's an immediate issue with that approach, and it's that the Bible repeatedly denounces it. First John is written to a group of churches that had false teachers come in who claimed they followed God, but they rejected a few very basic foundational building blocks of God's word. Jesus is the son of God. We should keep his commands and we should love one another. John calls them liars. The word is not in them. First John 1.10 says, in Jude verse 3, we're told to contend with people like that. Being passive won't cut it. That's not how the Bible tells us to chase after unity. But what about the other camp? 
You probably have seen them before, the ones that seem to want to start an argument over just about anything. They're constantly looking for ways to disrupt unity. And sometimes, just like having someone come in and, and preach peace for a while, when discord and chaos have ruled for too long, that can be helpful. You know, some contention can sometimes bring, I think, a, a breath of fresh air. Sometimes we need a good kick in the back to keep moving forward. But there are some people who come in, not with the intention of pushing us forward, but dragging us back. Their intention is not to bring us to a more perfect understanding of God's word, but really they just want to prove that we've been wrong. If you find yourself stuck among people like that, run away, quite frankly. Get out of that situation because it will eat away at your soul. That's not to say we shouldn't be open-minded when people confront us. Of course we should. We should be the most open-minded people, but we should surround ourselves with people moving towards unity based in the word, not away from it. Okay, so neither of those two extremes work. What will? How do we live up to the kind of, uh, become the kind of united people that Christ prayed for? And I think it starts by recognizing, like it says in Ecclesiastes, there is a time under the sun for all things. There's a time to be united and there's a time to divide. And of course, we should strive for unity, but we should recognize that sometimes division is necessary. In fact, for as much as the world talk or the word talks about unity, the word itself is a divider. Hebrews 4.12 says the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and the attitudes of the heart. And so we see what looks like a paradox to our society. The Bible is all about unity. And as Christians, we can have a unity the world can't even fathom, while the rest of the world can't seem to get over racism and classism or politics. I mean, our society's divided over everything. The Bible, though, says there is a way to rise above all of that. There's a way to be united despite all of our differences. But the Bible says, and this is important, unity doesn't come by turning a blind eye to our differences. It comes through dividing our differences. What does that mean, that we have to divide to unite? Well, note there in Hebrews 4.12 who the divider is. It's not me. I'm not the arbiter on who I can be united with. It's not up to you either. The Word is the only one with the authority to divide. The Word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. I don't. Okay, what does that mean? It means that instead of being in either of those two camps, those extremes, being so passive that we're never willing to break off unity or chomping at the bit to divide as soon as we get the chance, it's somewhere in the middle. There is a time for both. And when the word of God is silent about a difference we have, I have no right to refuse unity. I should submit. I should be humble. And maybe it doesn't mean I have to change my mind, but you don't have to either. But when the word of God does divide, I should not dare to remain united. I should cut off ties and prayerfully work to reconcile, not by ignoring our difference, but by working through it in the word. 
That was Christ's prayer. Not that we would be united where Christ had divided, but that we would mend those divisions so that together we could all be united with him. There is a time to be united and a time to be divided. And if we get into the word and we root ourselves in it, God will help us see the difference. And that'll do it for this episode of Rooted Daily. I cannot wait to sit down and open up God's word with you next time. Thank you for watching this episode of Rooted Daily. We're praying that you're growing with us as we study the Bible and use God's word as our only foundation. If you appreciate this content and you want to make sure that others can see it, subscribe to the podcast on your favorite app and hit the share button. Most importantly, if you're ready to take the next step, repent, be baptized, and hand over your life to Jesus, let's talk to debt. Just send me a text to 317-207-2734.